0: You're listening to episode 77 of GameSpot After Dark. On this week's episode, we talk about Hitman 3 and all of the Resident Evil announcements. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of GameSpot After Dark. Joining me this week is Callie Plaguey. Tamar Hi. And Jean-Luc Seidke. Hello, hello. It is kind of a busy week this week. There's the first big release of uh, 2020, and we plan on talking about that quite a bit. But before we do that, we're going to talk about what we've been playing a little bit. Callie, do you want to start?
1: Sure. Um, In addition to continuing uh, Persona 5 Royal, um, in which I'm about i'm a little over 80 hours into that now uh i've been playing more <laughs> animal crossing and my biggest thing lately is that i am about to complete my catalog so um i will have crafted every item in the game collected every single item in the game um god damn i have literally <laughs> two more items left one of them is just something i'll get from next time gullivar visits and then um I need to craft the Aquarius urn. It just switched to Aquarius season yesterday. Um, And I still need the golden shovel, but that's not catalogable, so it doesn't Mm. count. Um, And I'm very eagerly awaiting news about the update that was promised. There's supposed to be a late January update. and If I am not mistaken, it's beginning to look a lot like late January. So I would really (laughs) like to know when we are getting Festival, which is the holiday that was teased so you know i'm just keeping up i'm staying on the beat looking out <laughs> decorating my island
0: what do you think counts as like late a late part of a month do you think it's the 20s onward
1: yeah. yeah i would say like the third and fourth week is like later in the month
2: so i split like most months are what 30 days so i split it from um 15th onward like yeah that's late for me two halves oh okay well for me yeah. it's i could like see that too ten And then you got
3: 20s and then you got the 30s. So like, no, zeros, then the 10s. I don't know how numbers work. You know (laughs) what I mean? Every 10, every 10 days. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like the the older I get, the shorter months feel and the sooner the late (laughs) part of the month seems to come. Like, it feels like it was just January 2nd the other day. Now it's the 20th. So, you know,
2: anyway, tomorrow, what have you been up to? I have been doing the same thing that I was doing last week, which is playing Sekiro. I'm still like, I've got one trophy left till I can platinum it. And I'm like, I'm getting most of the way there. I think I'm going to get to the point where I make a decision soon, whoever I want to... Is it get all the skills? It's get all the skills, and I, yep. it is so... <laughs> how did you do it?
0: Uh, there was a path I found on like new game plus plus or something that you could run over and over again that would get you a lot of experience i can show you after the podcast but that's what what i did what really screwed me over though was that i invested in the mask and if you invest in the mask that like that costs a lot i think Like, like i i don't remember the math but basically i remember that because i did that i had to like grind an insane amount more because of that
2: yeah so i i have got a route so i'm getting getting there but it's just i've got a lot of points to get through and yesterday i was thinking about it and i was like you know what would have been good for this if xbox snap was still a thing that would have been so good where i could just like have this on the side or like i don't know why playstation doesn't have it as well like have like netflix on the side and i could just run it at one point i experimented with playing sekiro on my ipad using remote play And um, I I spoke last week about Xbox um, Remote Play, which worked almost flawlessly. Like it was, I was playing Yakuza on my phone using my Xbox controller and it was great. Um, Yesterday I loaded up uh, Sekiro on my iPad using a DualShock 4 controller and it worked, but the PlayStation, like the networking system, it, it really struggled with it. Like it kept telling me my battery was low on my controller when it wasn't and it kept like changing video qualities and there was a little bit of uh, latency in input delay um so like now i've just ordered a very large ipad stand so like it's literally <laughs> it goes it's like it's like a it's like a light stand so i put it on the floor and then there's like an arm that stretches all the way up and i put the ipad in front of me so basically i'm gonna sit on my couch with have an iPad hovering in front of me and then the TV in the background. <laughs> and I'm just going to watch stuff on my iPad and I'm going to play Sekiro on the background and what is my life anymore? <laughs>
3: oh, but then you could put somebody on the iPad and then it could be like you have a friend next to you because it's very tall.
2: Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's a good idea. So I invested in that and I uh, can get that. So I, I still, I'm not 100% sure whether I want to get that Platinum. I'm just working towards it. Um, But, you know, like I said last week, like, having one platinum is more of a statement than having two. But I don't know. I'm also kind of like, I just want to kind of do the thing and say, I completed Sekiro to its entirety and I'm good. I I completed it on Saturday twice. Like I played it through twice, which was wild. Um, Like (laughs) I I was like, let me just see how many times I can complete this game in a row. And I just went through twice. I was like, damn. I didn't even
1: process that when you first said it. (laughs) 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 Oh my God.
2: (laughs) But yeah, it's just like destroying bosses left, right, and center. Have you ever Uh, thought about speedrunning the game? I have thought about it. And then I'm like, it stresses me out. Like, because you screw up one thing and you're like, done. And there's just enough variables in Sekiro where sometimes Mm -hmm. something will change. And and most good speedrunners will know, oh, I know exactly how this has changed. And I've got a strategy for compensating for that change. Whereas if I do it, I'm just like, fuck my life. Why is it different now? <laughs> so. I I
0: don't know if I tried to speed run, but I was streaming it a bit, and I found that game very hard to stream because I was I don't know I, I was under it felt like I was under a lot of pressure to mm. do well in front of people and i don't know that just didn't work because i needed to focus
2: on the game itself but it was
0: it was fun like getting to bosses and just crushing them
2: was yeah. satisfying i, I reached mm. a point where in my second playthrough i wasn't really listening to it either like i had turned the audio off and i had a podcast on so i was just listening to like um Chapo trap house and like various other podcasts and just like m- playing the game through so like i can i think i can do it on a stream where i don't pay too much attention but i just don't Sekiro is one of those games where if you start streaming it, people just pay attention to your performance in a way that's kind of annoying. Like, I'm mm-hmm. blessing streaming it currently, and I jump in there, and I'm, I make a point of never being like, you need to hit it this way to try and do this, and telling him how to play. Um, and, but you do get a lot of people that I've seen in other people's streams being like, you're not playing this properly, you need to time your like this, and you need to go here. I'm just like, no, oh, it's it's already a stressful game, and with high demand, execution demand, stop stressing people out, Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I, I've, I've reached a point where Sekiro is relaxing for me now, <laughs> which is a strange place <laughs> to be.
0: I, I get that though. I remember returning to that game a lot just because of the environments and the, I, I don't know. It, it's just meditative once you get past that hump of mm. the difficulty. Um, but anyway, the big game this week is Hitman 3. Jean-Luc and I have been playing it, but Jean-Luc, mm-hmm. do you want to start with your overall thoughts on Hitman? Now you Hitman, Hitman, <laughs> Hitman. That's
2: Hitman. My, uh, Hitman, Hitman, <laughs> Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> Hitman, Chen, and Hitman Lee. <laughs> That's the title of the episode.
0: <laughs> uh, but you previewed it a couple months ago, not mm-hmm. even a couple months ago, like a couple weeks
3: ago. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, w- w- what are your thoughts? Uh, it's fantastic. I mean, I it's it's hard to like divorce Hitman. 3 from like the rest of it because like on face value it's just oh it's like more of Hitman like 1 and 2 it doesn't necessarily add anything new mechanically from 2 i would say it's very similar so if you're going into that you you might be disappointed but like for me it's just like it is a it's more of like a continuation of like the same game that's now complete is what it feels like which is like further reinforced by the fact that you can bring all those levels into hitman uh, three so when you load up the game and if you have everything you're presented with this menu of just like 20 something hitman levels with like each one has like 60 plus challenges and all this stuff and you're like it's just the amount of hitman available to you is like it's so good like i i already i haven't started yet but i want to go back and like replay all the the earlier levels and, and do them all again because i i there's just something about, like, the, the clockwork nature of Hitman and, and the way you can, like, just mess with those little, like, dioramas of people doing their routines and, and, and you're, you know, throwing a wrench in it. Like, it's so satisfying. It, it's, I would say, like, Hitman 3 on its own. So, so, Hitman 3 on its own, very good. Like, the levels are, the the levels they've added are fantastic. I feel like we've talked very extensively about the first one, which is like Dubai and the second one, which is a, a murder mystery I talked previously, but even the the other levels after that, like the the third level is um, you're in Germany and you're in a, uh, like an abandoned nuclear um, facility that's been turned into like a nightclub and it's just <laughs> the bet, like you go inside and it's just um this like just blaring music and like strobe lights happening and you're in this massive crowd and just like the, the atmosphere of the level is so fantastic. It's also a very unique level in that, um, you have five different people you have to kill, but you don't know where they are. So you have to like find their routes and learn them. And they, they can catch you no matter what disguise you're in, but they won't catch you if you're hiding in the crowd. So that's where you have to use like the giant crowd of the, um, club to like mask yourself and uh there's a great kill where you like pretend to be the dj and you like i did that one too yeah Yeah, you can can kill two of them too by that and it's so cool it's so cool you (laughs) have to like you find a thing that says like hey man uh if you're a dj and you want to do like the big finish like you got to tell the tech team before because it might go horribly wrong so you have to like you know, grab a wrench and like you mess with like the, the fuse and then you go in there and you like hype up the crowd and they're all like, yeah. And then you're just like, all right, I'm going to drop the bass," And then it like kills two guys. <laughs> um, it's incredible. It's just, it's just so good. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, um, their humor in the in is like always been like so on point. Like they, they do such a good job of, of like adding levity to, what is like mm. a very serious thing, like you're murdering mm-hmm. people. Um, although you're murdering rich people who are assholes, so it's it's fine. Uh, can I say that on a podcast? <laughs> yeah, gonna eat the rich.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to add to that, I was gonna say that the uh, the the levels are so good. I actually went back and played some of the older Hitman levels, and they're all really good. But you can just see the you can just see that IO. Interactive has mastered this formula in these new levels because all of them feel so perfect. Uh, You know, perfect's like a weird word, but for what they're going for, it seems like these levels just utilize everything that they've learned up to this point. And it's just like a remarkable, uh, I don't know, like suite of levels, particularly there's one in Shanghai that was just visually incredible and was just a ton of fun in the way you explore that level, the way you see different sides of that level and the way the level just expands in so many kind of unpredictable ways. Like there's an entire underground facility that you don't see until you hit a certain point in the level and you're like, Oh wow, I've only seen, I've only scratched the surface. Um, and and they do that constantly. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm super impressed by it. Like I, I had so much fun. I think, these collection of levels are definitely my favorite that they've done.
3: I would agree. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, like that yeah, like what I said earlier about how like maybe like mechanically it doesn't involve much. You're hundred percent right. Like they're it is like the peak of their level design prowess and and sort of like their masterful, um, like subtle storytelling techniques. Like I think they get really creative with some of the um the story stuff you do, uh where you get to you know, we talked about the murder mystery where you where you it, I redid the murder mystery this morning and I didn't realize there was like multiple conclusions to the murder mystery, including one where you like find just the right evidence to make it be like, no, actually the guy did commit suicide, even though he really didn't. And you like get the target to out of like, cause she feels like she's responsible for his death. Like she then commits suicide herself out of grief. And that's how you finish it, which is like super dark. But I was like, I didn't even know you could do that. Like it is, they, they just go so above and beyond with this game, uh, and and I really think like, you know, like taken as a whole, it's like this is maybe my favorite, one of my favorite games ever made. Like as as a as a, I'm pulling the Return of the King, uh, you know, like situation where it's like, it it deserves uh the game of the year for for what it is as a whole thing like when you take the hitman world of assassination trilogy as one massive package it is insane in how good it is
1: yeah hearing you guys talk about it and then reading phil's review has really made me want to play uh it was just one of those games like this happens to be all the time where something will just like seem really dude bro on the outside so i don't pick it up um and hitman was one of those i just I had heard, a, I remember people talking about it with uh, the last installment, but, um, and I was intrigued then, but like, now I'm fully sold. The murder mystery thing really did a lot of heavy lifting in that regard. Uh, so I, I'm definitely really excited to play it. I, I need to, um, there's a lot of games I need to go back and play because the marketing was so dude broy, but the game wasn't. And I, not that the hitman market, it's just, you know, it's one of those things just no
3: seems 100%. like it's not for me,
1: if that makes sense. Like I, I feel that way about Alan Wake too, where I was like, this is just some guy's name and I just never gave it a second <laughs> thought and I totally need to play Alan Wake too. So yeah, you probably I like, like Alan Wake.
2: I remember when I, when the first one was announced the first chapter in the world of assassination trilogy and um i did a preview for it and i remember writing in my preview like i I described that that game that franchise as like a like an old elaborate clock like a Mm -hmm. grandfather clock Mm -hmm. with like loads of gears and belts and that kind of thing and your job is to just figure out which gear to jam your screwdriver into to to see what happens and like that's that's what that entire franchise is about now and I think, Kelly, you will absolutely have a fantastic time doing that because you I, I you agree. start playing and you jam it in and you're like, oh... There's these other gears over here that carried on turning. And then you're like, oh, I didn't realize that this grandfather clock was set up so that this one gear, if you break it, it has various other fallback systems. And you get to see what happens every time you poke at a different corner of like logic and AI and kind of game design and uh, kind of routines and that kind of stuff. It's just really fascinating. It's one of those games that is good to just like go into and just spend an afternoon just poking at it to figure out how it works
0: yeah. and I think too, if it like the the story by itself isn't all that interesting. Like I think the third game or the final section of this ties up some loose ends in some interesting mm. ways. but it's not really the main draw. like i if you've yeah. never played this Hitman trilogy and you can get all three, like don't play them in order. play the ones that look interesting to you. Well, maybe play like the tutorial in first level because they're a little smaller scale and you can kind of understand what's going on. But mm. then honestly, I just hop around. And play what looks interesting to you because, like, well, I think all the levels are pretty good. There are some that I think will stand out a lot more to other people. Like, for instance, Callie the, uh, the murder mystery is probably more interesting mm. to you than maybe like a bank robbery one, which they added, which is also very good. Um, so, yeah, so, so, like, I, I don't know. Like, the, the <laughs> stories they tell on those levels are, are, are so interesting, and it's cool mm-hmm. how they interact with how you can kill people.
3: There was, they, uh, speaking of like small stories, there's this uh, amazing little moment in the third mission. No, uh, fourth mission, the the China one, where I needed to like tail a guy. I was tailing this homeless man. And so I like went over and I like blended in at this, this little um, like walkway. And there's a woman there and she just starts talking to me uh, to 47 about how she's like waiting for this friend of hers in the rain and now she's mad that her friend isn't there and then they he he basically like hit 47 starts talking to her about like oh like why why are you waiting for your friend and and it turns into this thing where like he basically like she feels upset about her friend and then he kind of is like consoling her and kind of makes her think of her friend's perspective he 47 basically turns into like a weird therapist for a hot second where he's like talking to this woman and the whole time i'm like is this gonna help me murder somebody because like usually when they have stuff like that it's like they're trying to to set up like a murder i don't think it relates to anything because it just it was this full conversation where like 47 just, like, helped this woman and was, like, being a normal person for a minute, and I don't know why that, like, really stuck with me of, like, <laughs> like they just felt more free to, to, like, get really weird with it
2: in this one in a way
3: that, like, the other ones haven't, and it, that moment is just, like okay, like you're doing something interesting here. There's
2: there's actually a secret ending where it pulls back and it's Agent 47 sitting on a couch in front of two kids and he goes, and that (laughs) kid is how I met your mother.
0: (laughs) the last time you did something like this, someone tweeted at us being like, did you guys really just spoil Cyberpunk? I was like, no, it was a joke. (laughs) Uh, Uh, One other thing I will say, kind of to your point though, Jean-Luc, is that I did find when I was playing it, there were a lot of uh, kills or assassinations that, that I didn't follow like a mission intel Mm -hmm. track. And and of course, like in all the other ones, you could do that too. Like basically you'll walk up to certain characters or events and the game will like subtly, sometimes not so subtly hint you or give you hints on how you can kill it. Like, it'll be like, Oh man, uh, the, the, the camera guy didn't show up. We're supposed to interview the guy you're supposed to kill. (laughs) And then you get like a thing and it's like, like 47, the cameraman looks a lot like you. Maybe you should find the cameraman and take his clothes or whatever <laughs> and become the new cameraman. Uh, but but in, this game has that as well, but it feels like there's a lot of like quote unquote scripted kills that the game doesn't really point you towards. And I think that mm-hmm. DJ one is kind of one of them. Uh, like it does show up in Intel, but it doesn't give you like, at least I didn't get like the insight goal or whatever, which I thought was super interesting. I feel like they kind of found a balance between how much handholding they should do because i think when i played the first world of assassination mission mm-hmm. like sapienza i felt that it was a little too handholdy compared to some of yeah. the older ones which which was was okay but like there was a little too much of, j- of the game just being like you should check this out and it, and this and these later levels do that too but i really appreciate how they kind of just give you the setup and just let you run with
3: it rather 100%. than step by step. I, some, telling something you I really go. recommend you do when you play, uh, is so you can, they have like the little story missions, which are like kind of the more scripted ones. And you can, the, if, if you set it to default, I believe it'll, it'll just kind of tell you exactly what to do. And I would say that's if you're someone who's trying to learn the game, that's maybe a good way because it kind of basically like teaches you like, here's like how these certain things work. But then afterwards you can go and you can, Set it to minimal, which just kind of gives you, like, a basic idea of what you're supposed to do, but doesn't tell you where to go. Or you could turn it off completely. And I highly recommend, after you get a feel for it, like, switching to minimal. Because for me, I think the game is at its best when you're not just following a direction. And you're, like, the first time you play a Hitman game, or a Hitman level, I just spend an hour just, like, walking around. I don't even do anything. Because you're just, like, taking in everything. Mm -hmm. And you're really, like, planning out Seeing where you can
0: go, can't go. Go.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: finding screwdrivers because you're gonna need one of those sooner or later <laughs> just
3: it up screwdrivers I spent an hour
0: looking for a screwdriver on one of the on, on the Germany level I could not find one It's driving me crazy but I I've
2: been I've been thinking real hard about writing a feature slash making a video essay about how Hitman is all about using white privilege for good um and <laughs> to bring down, cause if you think about it yeah think think about it's it. kind I of think true about it yeah yeah I'm thinking like age of 47 like looks like various people like very generic white man he looks, fits like, video game he looks like video game protagonist like video game protagonist he's able he to just, get in anywhere he with just it. can get in. all he does he acts like he belongs and people assume because he is a white person and he's he, he he knows and he's he's got confidence they don't need to question it they don't apply scrutiny to him they just let him be and he uses that ability. He uses his his understanding of the innate biases of the world towards white people to get into places to murder bad the people. 1%. The yeah. 1%. Yeah. And then he gets out.
1: Please write this. They, they do. <laughs> this really I really good.
2: do think they do a great job, like, justifying
3: that. Like, there's a mission at the end of Hitman 2. Where you're at like the secret, like covert Illuminati party, and they're all like talking about how like, oh, we know climate change is real, but we're all rich, so it doesn't matter. And I'm like, all these people are up for murder now. Like I'm fine with that. Like (laughs) I think even the game
0: like calls Agent 47's murders like the string of 1% murders at one point, and I'm like, It's what they are. No regrets.
2: Uh, uh, so there's a the title, Hitman. Uh, Hitman is a franchise about using white privilege to murder the one percent. <laughs> <laughs> I would. We're gonna, put gonna get put sh- on a watch out. list. <laughs> very clickable. <laughs> uh,
3: anyway, any closing remarks on Hitman? I feel like Hitman. Sorry, Hitman. <laughs> it's very good. It's, it's if you've never played a Hitman, I highly recommend it. I have seen some people talk about how like they had trouble getting into it or, or, um, it bounced off them. I really recommend giving it another try. I do think it's a game that, um, you, you kind of need to, I don't know, like go in the right mindset or, or, or you need to take it slow, take it slow. I think yeah. if, like I said, if you just try and go in it and you're like, oh, I'll just follow all the story stuff, like you'll have an okay time. But I, I don't think that's really like, that's not where the game is at its best. It's really about like taking it slow, feeling things out. Be afraid to be messy. Like, it, mm. some of my favorite, because um, I'm usually like a perfectionist where I'll like quick save and quick load and like I want to do the perfect kill and no, um, never getting caught. And those are fun. But honestly, some of the best funs, uh, runs is where you challenge yourself not to to save at all and you just like roll with it. And then you're like, ah, uh, that guy found me. I have to quickly knock him out with the fire extinguisher and this disguises butt. So I have to completely change my plan. And like, I, that, that game's all about just, like, creativity. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, like I said, I think I think it's, as a whole package, it's maybe one of my favorite games ever made. Or
0: uh, or do the, do the do the thing where you have someone else pick the murder weapon and you have to try to <laughs> kill the person with that murder weapon. The I think we tried to stream method. that. Giant uh, Bomb that, did that for sure. Giant Bomb's
3: yeah. hit miss. The it's so good. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm always like, I want to do that. But you can't because that'd be just you're stealing their thing. But it's such a good idea.
0: (laughs) Anyway, the other big thing this week is the Resident Evil stream. Tamor, you're our Resident Evil expert. Mm -hmm. What'd you make of it? Uh, very exciting um, Well, actually I th-
2: first why don't you give the listeners a breakdown
0: of everything that happened
2: okay so um, the stream was probably about 20 minutes long I think and um, obviously a big year for Resident Evil since it is the 25th anniversary of the franchise um, so they're kind of celebrating that not a lot of celebration happening in, in the stream or not a lot of like hey we've got this amazing new experience for you to check out for um, the 25th anniversary but what we did get was a decent amount of um, uh, a decent look at Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil 8. So it kind of opened with this trailer that showed off... If you were, if you're a Resident Evil fan, like you can pick out some really interesting things in there. But like in terms of how it pertains to Resident Evil Eight specifically, um, it confirms that Ethan is obviously we know Ethan's back, but he's going to this village and specifically this castle in this village to rescue his kidnapped daughter. Um, we get to see like uh, the bit. I think it's shortly after the previous trailer where you know it ends. The previous trailer, one of the previous trailers ends with Ethan being like Chris, why are you here, um, and it seems like Chris is naughty boy this time um, and then we saw a little bit more of that where there seems to be some sort of soldier handing over a child to Chris Redfield and then Chris kind of looks at Ethan and then I we assume that that's the kid who's going to, who is Ethan's, um, child and has been kidnapped. The other thing we get uh, a good look at is a tall vampire lady who, um, has become internet sensation. <laughs> um, <laughs> rightly so, because she's tall, she's hot and she seems to be a vampire lady. Um, Is she actually
0: tall or is it just the perspective?
2: No, she's very tall. Um, Based on what I've seen, uh, what we saw there, like she seems to be towering above other people. Um, So I've written a piece about the tall vampire lady specifically just to break down who she is and what the deal is. So you can read about her, but effectively the castle is hers there's some sort of hidden power mother, a mother figure that she um, talks to on the phone, um, and there's a ritual or a, a kind of thing meant to happen. Ethan has become a problem, and the mother has, the hot tall mother has hot daughters <laughs> who are just around. This is like, this game has been designed to make Twitter as thirsty as possible. They are evil daughters running around doing weird shit. They turn into like flies and You know, vampires usually turn into bats, but these these ladies seem to turn into flies which makes do, me think do you think the devs
3: were looking at like everyone thirsting over hades
2: and they were like oh just you wait mm-hmm.
3: i just think they were looking at, at we people thirsting
2: over mr x and being like if they will get thirsty over this what if we made an attractive character? <laughs> oh i forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> they
1: were like we're gonna target the monster fuckers with this one <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah and they really went in so you get some of that um and you get uh from there they move into uh so there's a trailer there a story trailer there's lots to unpack there and you can find that on the on the Kind of um, on our website, we've got some stories about that. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, they announced that Resident Evil Village is coming to PS4 and Xbox One, as well as PS5, Xbox Series, S and X and PC, which is interesting. Um, so there's been some rumors about that stuff, and there's been some product listings that indicated that, but they confirmed that it's coming day and date. Uh, the PS4 version can be upgraded to the PS5 version, digital version if you purchase that. Um, Xbox One has smart delivery um so sweet um the game is gonna be out on may 7th which is relatively soon Um, not was
3: not expecting that i really assumed it was gonna be much later so much later like fall fall if even this year like i don't know like i my head Hmm. is like oh resident evil village that's like years away
2: it's weird because like the trailers seem to reinforce that because you watch the early trailers um and it's all like it looks vaguely resident evil 4-ish right Mm -hmm. um and then you the trailers that were shown during the showcase are way more like um resident evil one-ish where it's like the spencer mansion vibe mixed with resident evil 7. so either they have like a very very big game going they talked about it the ps5 version having no load times so i'm imagining like a really big expansive area or they do a hard pivot at one point where it's like we're through the Resident Evil 4 section feel. And now we're pivoting into Resident Evil kind of. four, um,
3: But in the castle. Yeah, feel. like
2: <laughs> the castle feel. Yeah, Or even like, because there's a bit where they showed like the foyer or the, the main room area mm. of the castle. And it just looks like the Spencer Mansion. And you're like, that makes perfect sense. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it feels like a very big game and it feels like it's really far away, but it isn't um beyond that they announced a bunch of pre-order editions we've got a, a story up about that um, and then they showed off gameplay so pete fabiano um kind of narrated the entire thing um, the key takeaways are still first person perspective um first person and shooting is an important part of it but it's very considered and deliberate as Resident Evil games tend to be new thing this time is there's a lot more emphasis on being defensive and blocking so enemies uh, in, in the actual trailer an enemy kind of grabs you and Ethan puts his hand up and blocks it but then he kind of counters with a punch that knocks the enemy back and then follows up with this kick that delivers like mad damage um, so that's something that's way more important which is going to be interesting how they balance that because you know when you lose all your ammo and you have nothing to fight back against that's kind of like the tension. In, in becoming defensive you start having thinking about maneuverability and your environment but if you can just like parry everything um i imagine you still take some damage from blocking but it'll be interesting to see how they balance that stuff out um the other big thing is like they talked about you know enemies will um uh, have different styles of uh kind of attacking that you need to figure out. And we got, like, a look at one massive enemy who was, like, this giant. Um, when I saw him, like, my first... Uh, uh, the first thing that popped into my head was, uh, you know, the Hot Fuzz. Great big bushy beard! Like, <laughs> that quote. Because he's got a massive thing, and he's got a hammer, and he just swings his hammer. He doesn't care about any other enemies in the area. So he will, like, take out other enemies to try and get to you. Very is, Resident Evil
3: 5. Yes,
2: very Resident Evil 5. And a bit, like... I don't know. It kind of, I mean, like, who knows how much we'll see of it, but it kind of had that same kind of like, oh, shit moment when, you know, Chainsaw Guy from Resident Evil 4 appears and you're like, I've got to throw all my traditional, um, my plan out of the window and just get away um, as quickly as possible. So it has that kind of vibe. Um, They also showed off the merchant. Sadly, not the what are you buying? He's not back. He's still not there. This is a lad that they call the Duke. He's a... (laughs) He's a very big boy, which is good. Um, nice big body type. And he kind of like appears out the back of a carriage. And he's like, oh, Ethan. And Ethan's like, how do you know who I am? And he's like, um, anyone who's anyone knows who you, the likes of you. So Ethan, a little bit worrying. Like Ethan seems to have become this legendary figure, which I'm a little concerned about. And the tall lady also remarks on the phone that like she, she can't stop him for some reason. So I'm a little worried that Ethan's becoming an action hero. But who knows? Classic Resident Evil. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't want it to <laughs> end with, arc. like, Ethan punching, like, a load-bearing wall on the side of a castle to bring it down. And, like, who knows? But, yeah. So the Duke is um, there. He's, he appears in different places, like the Merchant would. But it's always a different scenario. Merchant was always just kind of, like, standing there with his backpack ready to, what are you buying? You? But, like, in this one, they show uh, the Duke come out of the back of a carriage. And then later on, you see him just kind of, like sprawled out on a bed and he's like eating something he's he seems very unhealthy but he's willing to sell you stuff uh another gameplay thing that they introduce is the uh management system from re4 is back um so you can tetris things in a briefcase and they've also laid on top um crafting so you can craft items now um whether that's ammo or uh, health items that that's a pretty big deal. Right. Um, which and which then they, three had, three had yeah. a crafting system. Yeah, exactly. And then they kind of hit the other things where uh, quick hits were like they've put more like destroyable objects in the environment because they know people really enjoyed stabbing boxes with their knives. So they've just like loads of stuff now that you can stab. Um, and then they said, you know, there's going to be environmental traps. There's going to be lots of puzzles. So the kind of staples of Resident Evil will be represented as well. Um, And then from there, they moved on to announcing the uh, Resident Evil 5 demo is available immediately. Um, So you mean Village? uh, Oh, Why do I keep saying 5? PS5 (laughs) is what I'm thinking. (laughs) You did Um, that earlier, too. Yeah, I did that earlier as well. Yeah, Uh, Resident Evil 8 demo is available on PS5 exclusively. It's... uh, Uh, it's not a traditional demo it's kind of like what they did with resi 7 where it doesn't it's it's called the maiden you play or maiden you play as a character who they're referring to as the maiden it's not ethan and you just basically have to escape this prison area there's no combat there's no defensive blocking stuff so there probably won't be any like uh major set piece moments they're kind of pitching it as we just want people to get a feel for the game so you get to see what it looks like and what it sounds like and how it feels a bit more so it's kind of like a mood piece is what i kind of took away from it
3: it's very much how the resident evil 7 demo works yeah exactly and I'm, and so, I'm curious if they
2: update it which is
3: what they did with the 7 One, where like as the game got closer they added yeah. new stuff to it
2: they could do that they talked about so this one is ps5 exclusive but they talked about having another demo available later which will be available on all platforms so it won't be ps5 exclusive um and then they announced re versus or re verse reverse Resident Evil which is a multiplayer mode or multiplayer experience that comes that anyone who purchased Resident Evil Village gets but it's, the way they worded it seemed like they were going to release it separately as well um, this is one of the things that they said they're celebrating um, the 25th anniversary with and it basically looks like Deathmatch but it had like Claire in it, it had Leon on it, in it it had Jack Baker in it, it had Nemesis in it, it's basically like Smash Brothers Deathmatch uh, Resident <laughs> Evil <laughs> what um,
0: multiplayer mode did i get with resident evil 3 yeah, i uh resistance, resistance. yeah resistance, yeah, resistance it was, was yeah. the one it,
2: it, like it seems like they're doing another one of that style of thing like it looks a little faster it looks a little more arcadey and when you like kill an enemy you come back as a zombie or when you kill some, another player you come back as a zombie at one point like nemesis shows up and is like tearing around tyrants in there like the the key art has got ada wong in it it just feels like they're doing another and i think the visual style they had like a slight cell shading look to it i, I don't know it i don't know what they're doing with the, it, it, it hunk this, is in it as well this I don't is know what like they do the, with their multiplayer experiences what are you
3: this is the other side of resident evil that everyone always forgets is they're always trying like really weird multiplayer stuff that never pans out you had like resistance for three which is like interesting but maybe didn't have enough really there to keep me going yeah. and then you had like was it uh, Operation Raccoon Coon City? City? Yeah. Was yeah. the one and like that they, was
0: around like five era, right or six? Yeah, yeah, there's.
3: I don't know if that was the one where they also tried to do like an esports thing. There was one where they had like the announcement trailer was like it had like esports announcers and it was that like, might have like, been
2: Raccoon City. I think it was like was the Raccoon worst
3: City. thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. It was terrible. <laughs> I don't know
2: why they're so intent on doing multiplayer for Resident Evil. Like so they, the just, they just
3: they just got to go back to uh, survivors Just go to Mercenaries. Well, Mercenaries is good, but also also is it survivors, survivors? Yeah. yeah yeah which, was, think that which is like
2: actual it's just co-op resident evil like that's Cause, the because mercenaries is basically like it's got the formula for a card zombie style thing in there like yeah. you can make that work and even if you just did the time attack style thing with leaderboards like that works but they keep trying to make like these big experiences and i don't know it feels like <laughs> it feels like busy work for a team like what do we give this team to do and they're like (laughs) we can make a multiplayer thing and they're like resident (laughs) evil one day we'll
3: get it right yeah one day
2: they'll nail it one day we'll have a great resident evil multiplayer hey maybe it's village maybe yeah i mean i'm
3: surprised i haven't tried battle royale yet (laughs)
2: I know, like, that's the perfect thing, right? Like, the the zombie horde coming in circle, and you know, you just yeah. like small scale battle royale, maybe like a a smaller map with like eight people or something like that. And And you pick an an iconic location to always be like, well, you're
3: dropping into Raccoon City. Yeah, you drop into Raccoon City.
2: Or yeah. like you, you know, you, uh, the the circle is closing. Where is it closing? Oh, it's going to close on RCPD. Our, our or it's oh shit, it's going towards the Spencer Mansion. Oh, it's going to an Umbrella mm. Lab. And the nuke's going to go off fights. in fifty minutes. Yeah. you know, like yeah. or like the government are like nuke and doing like rain fire to mm. get people to you know get into a tiger. It's too do, it's doable. I don't know why they don't do it though. It's weird. Anyways, um, so that's happening. <laughs> uh, it's it's free to anyone who purchases Village. So I imagine it's going to be available separately as well. But who knows. And then after that, Resident Evil is crossing over with hit video game, The Division 2. I was (laughs) was not. Yeah. What? (laughs) (laughs) In a uh, very limited, for a very limited time, you can basically get iconic um, outfits and items from the original Resident Evil trilogy in The Division 2 um just what i wanted yeah (laughs) anyone anyone who logs in to that event will get the leon's rpd um outfit and then you can see like there's a stars uh clothing stuff there and then you can get the hunk outfit as well if you want to look like a gas-masked soldier with red eyes i don't um, know about you guys the last thing i want to do is play a game where i'm in a
3: war-torn dc city (laughs) the (laughs) last thing i want to do (laughs) in the year 2021
2: during a pandemic that's spread by touch and money and weird shit like that absolutely not absolutely not um
3: you gotta uh, know everyone at Ubisoft. Is like fuck god damn it <laughs> how could we
0: have done we, this uh, i remember going to an event for the division 2 dlc and it was right on the eve of all this stuff and i was oh like oh man it's not the one they knew it we
2: all knew it we we're like uh well and then pans out so nope, it got, got worse it got yep no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the final Resident Evil announcement was uh, related to Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which was that um, Netflix CG movie that's coming um, the, Literally the least th- amount to say they had was on this. They announced it last year <laughs> um, so in, in this, they said it focuses on Leon and Claire, which we knew because the picture had Leon and Claire in it. And then they said uh, it's set after Resident Evil 4, which I guess is kind of relatively new news. And then they pointed out that Leon is wearing a suit. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, so Leon,
2: sure is wearing a suit. <laughs> the,
0: the big question I have, uh, are you guys surprised that we didn't see a Resident Evil 4 remake?
2: I feel like... I. I'm surprised I'm not surprised we didn't see it. I'm still I still believe it's happening, but I think we're at a cadence where they release a Resident Evil mainline entry and then they release a remake or announce a remake. Mm-hmm, yeah. I've, it feels like once Resident Evil uh, Village has had its time four it will be announced. And yeah. they've been hitting it yearly too for a while now, right? Like I think they did they did seven, they did two, they did
0: three, now they're doing Village the, mm-hmm. the following year, and I imagine a
2: remake, right, would follow. Yeah. Well, we're, we're very quickly closing on the Operation Raccoon City remake. Is, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm so
3: curious how a remake of 4 will go because it already feels like 8 is just taking like so many elements from 4 in particular. Mm. Um, it actually feels like it's taking elements from like a lot of Resident Evils, but specifically 4, which is like, why do you need to make a... Well, I know why they need to make a remake of 4 because it's one of the best games of all time. And, mm. you know... It's Capcom a lot of money, money, but yeah, it's and a like weird they've, one.
2: They've, they've but the thing is, like they've been introducing things from four into the remakes and other games a lot. So I imagine yeah. like. It feels like they, the game that has they've used to update other games in that franchise, they kind of need to go the other way now. Now you need to go back like, and update yeah, that one. That yeah, one, to that kind be of makes like sense. Fix camera
0: more. angles and yeah. four.
3: <laughs>
2: oh, if they I mean, went that back, would be
0: if good. they just
3: said like, what if, what if the remake of four was like they went back to that original pitch where it was like fixed camera angles and Leon's in a mansion and there's like a ghost with um, it was like a shear or scissors or something. It was basically Clock Tower. Mm-hmm. What if they just did that? What if oh, they just also, like, screw it? We're going to make the original version of four that got canceled. I would be. They'd have some
0: if, very mad gamers on their hands, I bet. I, I would gamers. love that. I, th- wow. I think
3: the gamers would be. I don't know. I, I, I feel like gamers would, would be more mad about.
2: I think the gamers are going to be mad regardless of eh, what they're doing. Yeah, that's true. true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so never, make anyway. your, never make any decision based on whether the gamers will get mad or not because <laughs> they will get mad and they won't get mad and you'll never understand either. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the questions
0: for this week. All right, and we are back with listener questions. If you have a question for us, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or you can join our Discord server by DMing myself or Tamor or Jean-Luc, and we will get you right in there. All the questions this week are from Discord. The first one we have is from Jacob McCourt. How do y'all feel about New Year's resolutions? Do you use that new year to reset personally, professionally, or think that the New Year's
2: is, is, isn't is the best time for that? Ordinarily, like I would, but like this year, I'm like, just 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 don't die, man. Just don't yeah. <laughs> die. Just please, I feel like I've been die. trying
3: to get out of the mindset because I feel like I have a bad habit of being like, ah, I'll just wait until this specific moment. Like that's the right time to, to, to do something different. And then I just like never do it. So I feel like I just need to get out of the mindset and be like, if I want to just change, I should just start Mm. doing it. I don't know. That's me though. That's like a personal problem I have. I I think the Mm.
2: important thing is like, it's good. But one thing that, you know, everyone is trying to drum into each other's and their own heads is like, don't be too harsh on yourself right now. (laughs) Like everyone feels compelled to make the most of time and on, on, in the best of situations in the world. But right now, like you're more restricted in the things that you can do to make your life different and change than ever. It's good to want to, please do try. And, you know, personally, professionally, but like, don't beat yourself up about it because it's not easy right now. Yeah, I think that's kind of how I'm looking at
0: it. Like, I don't really have New Year's resolutions. I don't think I really ever have, like, written things down I've wanted to do. Um, But this year I am trying to do more things that interest me, I guess, which sounds very broad, but it's more of just a way to kind of stay sane as we Mm. head into year two of this pandemic. And, like, you know, things are kind of looking up with with the, the vaccine starting to get some footing. But... But you know, like like when that trickles down to most people, I have no idea when that is. Uh, uh, I'm not super well informed though, so maybe maybe I could know if I if I did some research. Uh, but but I think just generally speaking, is like just trying to figure out things to do. Like I've been trying to write more, like short films, and I'm mm-hmm. y- you know just finding hobbies yeah. that I can kind of double down on yeah. a little bit, but not trying to push myself, not like. I'm going to write a novel or anything like that. Just kind of doing things that I think would be fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. I, yeah, I've never been big on New Year's resolutions just because um, I've never ever stuck to any of them. I have kind of the same thing as John Luke where like I, I fall into the trap of like, oh, I'll do all these things I want to do once I get over this particular hurdle. And so I don't like making an arbitrary day that turning point for myself um so I, I mean I was just kind of in the I've been in the process of <clears throat> you know trying to like spend my free time in ways that I enjoy more rather than just like scrolling <laughs> on social media um and uh yeah I don't know it's also weird because um we work really really hard from like september through december and so january is just kind of like healing month for us Mm. um i feel like i'm just recovering from all of the work and like just everything i'm still i'm just like catching up with myself like catching my breath is kind of how i feel and i've been in the industry long enough that it's felt like that for a while so yeah i just don't think about new year's resolutions anymore i make jokes about them though yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I like, like wanna... I'll be
1: like, my New Year's, New Year's resolution is to eat less cheese. Like, like, but uh, yes. that's not happening. Absolutely not.
2: But cheese not. is great. And... Yeah, cheese is good. <laughs> I do want to, like, Um, I've been thinking about, like, I am writing more just personally, and it's been enjoyable, Um, but I think I need to make a habit of it, because okay. I'll do it every now and then, where I'll, like, I'll have the inspiration to write something random, and it's, like, two or three paragraphs, and then... I'll delete it a week later. So I think I want Mm -hmm. to get to a point where I'm like writing something start to finish and just having it available, whether it's like I've thought I've, I've written like comic book style scripts, I've written video game style scripts, I've written like Short stories and ep- uh, episodes of like TV shows and stuff like that, and always ended up being like, okay, that's out my system delete. And I think I want to commit to something a bit, so that's what I'm, I'm trying. Get to a do physical
3: thing. I bought oh, a, yeah. a bullet journal and some some gel pens. I'm very yeah. excited. I just want to kind of do the pens, same thing. Nice. Yeah, some yeah. color. You can't erase it. Like you're stuck with whatever you write. So I'm sure it'll like you read it and it'll be grammatically terrible. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, it's just for me. So. Uh, yeah. i'm kind I'm of doing the same thing right like i just want to like write more for myself and, and, and get things out on a page um a, a friend of mine
0: wrote a script and he sent it to me a couple days ago he emailed it to me and i was reading it and i was like trying to leave notes and i was like man i hate leaving notes on a computer so i printed all like 60 pages of it out wrote down all the notes put it in an envelope and yeah. sent it to him and it was like the coolest thing in the world because it's like i've <laughs> literally the last time i've sent anything like snail mail has been god I, I have no idea like years and years and years and years but it just felt so refreshing to just like grab the red ink and just like <laughs> all right time to leave some notes and and slide it in those like big folders like and you're an old like, school publisher who just exactly, like exactly yeah. send
3: someone back their manuscripts I
0: like, that's i like that's so cute him. that you did that i messaged him and i was like I'm just going to mail it to you. And he's like, wait, really? And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do that. That seems kind of fun to do. And he's like, all right, well, uh, I guess I'll check the mail then. like these next couple of days.
1: <laughs> I used to do that. I used to print out my essays and, and then like my rough draft. And then I would physically, I would hand edit them. And then I would type, retype them up again. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, not, yeah.
0: it's like, it's easier to get your thoughts out. I feel like and, and two, like, I'm used to leaving notes on Google Docs, which has a good way of leaving notes. He just sent me a PDF that was done in, like, Final Draft or something. Oh, and I yeah, was like, that's different. I, I'm not going <laughs> to open this with Acrobat and figure out how to leave notes that make sense when I can just print this up and write it. And also, like, my parents had a printer, which yeah, I, I say, haven't I used in a very a long printer.
1: time. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Anyway, that's awesome. next
0: question. Callie, do you want to read this one from Ryan Cooper?
1: Sure. What games do y'all feel had the most impact on your lives? Maybe not your favorite games or even the most fun, but perhaps the most memorable. For example, I would probably have to put Where the Water Tastes Like Wine and Outer Wilds on my list. The first because it was the first game I covered as a games writer, and the latter because it helped me with the depression and grief of my father's death. Aw, well thank you for being open and honest with us, Ryan. Because that's... Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, yeah. You yeah. should
0: also, you should share some of your writing in the, uh, in the, the
2: discord channel. I forget what it's called. The self promo or whatever. Yeah, I think we, should, what we should create a creative writing discord. Um, yeah. 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 Like maybe just put like, yeah, just for people to read no judgment. Just like, Hey, what do you think about it? You know, no Chris, not criticism, constructive criticism. <laughs> That's not just shit on people, but you know. yeah. 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 Um, um, mine's, mine's bloodborne, obviously obviously because i yeah it's it's finding <laughs> finding comfort in a place like i i was actually on our community member foggy bears podcast um recently uh and he asked a very similar question and i'm kind of reusing material here but like there's something really special to me about feeling comfortable in a place that's designed to make you feel uncomfortable and Mm. designed to be hostile towards you and designed to be murderous and otherworldly and confusing because if you feel like if you're familiar with enough i've reached a point of familiarity where where nothing in that game makes me feel like i can't overcome it anymore Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just need a reminder that something that's terrifying and feels overwhelming can be surmounted just if you try and give it some time and effort so that's why, I like, Bloodborne is a place I like to go to when I feel a bit lost and feel a bit, you know, um, I need like a little more focus because it's you get within seconds you're presented with a challenge, your brain goes this is hard, and then you realise I can do this, I know how to do this, and then you do it, and then you have that you have that satisfaction of really in a microcosm overcoming a challenge, and then you can extrapolate that if you're the kind of person to into, real, into the into real world and be like i could do it here i could do it in other places and sekiro is the same for that Dark Souls is the same for that all of from game from's games are like that so yeah i'd, I'd pick those i would probably go with tales of symphonia maybe uh
0: because i played a lot of that with a friend growing up like we just play every weekend uh and i i, I don't know like j- just those experiences i still remember to this day really well Uh, and it's why I like that game and that series so much. I, I think if I played any of those games now, I'd be like, yeah, it's not for me. Uh, but, but it, it stuck with me because of those memories. And I think it did have quite the impact on me growing up. I think more recently though, it would probably be the Witcher three. Um, it was like a weird, when that game came out, like I was like, had just finished, had just finished a junior college and was had just started the internship at GameSpot and, like, it was just kind of figuring out what I was going to do and how to handle school. And I ended up playing a lot of The Witcher 3. So that game, uh, it, it's the reason why it's one of my favorites, but I think just the memories I have associated with that game are why it uh, always comes to mind.
1: Um Yeah, I would say that, like, so far, uh, Persona 5 is actually probably going to become one of those games for me. There's a lot of, like, messages in that game that I wish I had received earlier in my life like i wish that game had come out when i was like 16 um so i'm not done with it yet but um i'm feeling that way about that game and then um i don't know i've always felt uh a lot of affection for gone home i think uh gone home just kind of marked a turning point in like where i was at with uh covering video games i had like just started flirting with the idea of of working in games media and uh, there was a lot of conversation about that game and um it just it had something that I had never seen before um so that game is still really special to me in a way that's kind of hard to explain but yeah
3: well going off what Callie said my one of my games is Persona 4 which did come out when I was 16 so I think one of the reasons that game hit so hard for me is because I was the same age as the, the party members, the protagonists mm-hmm. of that game when it came out. So, you know, that game versus I think persona five is like a little more about society where persona four is a little more personal. Um, and about like the personal struggles of each character and because they're high schooler students like that hit me really hard. Like I saw a lot of my own personal struggles that those characters were going through in myself. Um, and because of that, that game really, really stuck with me. And and even though um, I look back on that game and I'm like, oh, boy, it's got some really problematic shit in it. Um, yeah. Still means a lot to me, uh, despite all that. Like, uh, that, that game is very special to me. The other would actually be Knights of the Old Republic 2, which mm-hmm. I played before Knights of the Old Republic 1. I never played Knights of the Old Republic 1. I played 2. And that was probably the first, like, Because I never owned um, consoles growing up. I I only ever had a PC. But I didn't really play that many PC games outside of, like, The Sims. So one of my... I I mostly play, like, Game Boy. Like, one of my first major games was Pokemon. Um, But Night Soul Republic 2, like, really opened up, uh, like, what games could do in terms of, like, writing and um, just, like, storytelling and characters for me. Like, that game really sticks with me. Like, I feel like that game... Uh, influenced my love for like role-playing games and Bioware and like that led to me loving games like Mass Effect and and Fallout and uh, so I feel like that game is probably like hugely influential on my like personal taste in games
0: that game is also why I still like Star Wars (laughs) it really is (laughs) like if it wasn't for
3: that game I probably wouldn't care much at all to this day it's maybe one of the (laughs) still one of the best Star Wars stories ever written yeah, Bar none, even vague. though it's not canon anymore. Like, who cares? Just I think no it kind of is,
2: isn't it? Didn't they like read? I don't know. Yeah, they it's like, not sort control, of. They're like control Z that they were like, oh, let's undo it. Kind the, undo. of.
3: I think they've like it could be canon in your heart.
1: The
3: Mandalorian Wars are canon, and I think Revan is canon. I don't know. Whatever.
2: Listen, it's fine. Kathleen Kennedy, you're never gonna meet her. Okay. It is Kathleen <laughs> Kennedy, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and the way I see it is. I decide what's canon unless Kathleen Kennedy personally tells me what is canon. Shows up at your door. If she wants to tell me what is and isn't canon, she can come say it to my face.
3: <laughs> I trust Dave Filoni to just eventually be like, screw it. We're going to just redo the entire, we're going to retell mm. the entirety of KOTOR in animated form or whatever. Like, yeah, it'll so happen. We'll just, we're have just do a point.
0: remake of it, Bioware. Just maybe talk to EA, do a remake, and then it's all canon again because it's back. Anyway. So,
1: uh, I would die for that. <laughs>
0: I know. Anyway, that's been episode 77 of GameSpot <laughs> After Dark. Thank you all so much for joining. Uh, Jean-Luc, where can people find you? And what are you up to this week?
3: You can find me at Jean-Luc on Twitter. I don't really post there that much because I've been actually trying to, I guess one of my New Year's resolutions is trying to not be on Twitter, <laughs> which has actually worked out very well. I highly recommend it. Don't be on Twitter. <laughs> um, delete it off your phone. That's
0: like an easy hack because then you're only checking on desktop. Exactly. Which-
3: that's what I do it, it uh, kind of works yeah it kind of <laughs> works um <laughs> uh, but uh i have up so already there should be a video up about um i, d- I did a like f- 20 things we want from the next generation consoles which was just like my list of like They should add this or they should fix uh, that. They should add more backwards compatibility to the PS5, even though they probably won't. But, like, you know, made a video like that. Um, And then uh, also, mm, hopefully, there should be a video either by the time this is up or shortly after where I'm going to, like, deep dive into the Resident Evil Village demo and, like, point out cool little things in it that maybe you missed. So, check that out. Cool. And Callie?
1: You can find me on Twitter at InkyDojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. This week I was on IGN's review crew talking about Cyberpunk 2077. So um, I guess check that out. And then, uh, you know, as always, working on GameSpot reviews. um, It's been a lot. There's really not a lot going on in January so far, except Hitman. There's a couple of things. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's not a super exciting time for me. Just kind of doing, like behind the scenes stuff
2: and tomorrow uh i'm on twitter at tomorrow h you can find me there um i have been helping a lot with the hitman guide stuff so if you need any hitman related guidance uh, you can hit up Gamespot. we've got mission walkthroughs we've got assassination guides we've got general tips as well um beyond that uh i wrote a bunch of the news stories for um, resident evil village so if you want to get more information on that you can find that as well um i'm streaming every now and then on twitch um so i'll probably start doing that a bit more that's kind of my new year's resolution is to stop sitting in my bedroom playing games like a uh, in solitary confinement and maybe Play and online and chat to people and com- commune with other people and have fun um so i'm gonna try to do that um yeah i'm just at tomorrow h on twitch on that that's about it
0: cool and you can find me at jacob deck and i think the big thing this week is the cyberpunk spoiler chat which mm-hmm. probably won't be up till this weekend but yeah we're finally going to do a cyberpunk spoiler chat with Callie, lucy and myself digging into that game uh please watch it and please leave a thumbs up and be nice in the comments to outweigh the people (laughs) who will be mean just for being mean because it's cyberpunk and they're mad and all that kind of
2: stuff Uh, gamers are angry regardless
0: gamers are always mad you can't you can't do anything about it but anyway we'll see y'all next week